Hi, and welcome to Zurich's Perspectives, Zurich Canada's podcast where we deliver market insights and thought leadership. My name is Alvin Laloum, and I manage the customer distribution and marketing function for Zurich Canada. Today is our 10th podcast. Our topic today takes us a bit away from the usual business conversation. Pre-pandemic, Zurich Canada appointed Ray Shaya as Employee Experience Head of Diversity and Inclusion in Culture. Ray used to work in compliance and he made the move to his new role in March last year. At Zurich, we love to measure things. We love data, we collect a ton of data to find ways to get better. We do this with brokers, customers, through transaction net promoter scores, a relationship net promoter score. We also began measuring the level of engagement of our employees in 2017 um, via the same sort of method called net promoter score twice a year. These results are shared with all and actions are taken to fill in gaps. We, we are very transparent and candid with those results and we have plenty of discussions with everybody at Zurich Canada and look for ways to improve the results. And I'm glad to report that the results have actually gotten a lot better in the last couple of years. I'll be asking Ray how Zurich transitioned from doing these biannual surveys to the broader topic of community investment, DNI, and the role of the Zurich Foundation um, is now playing in Canada. Very few people that I know are as passionate about what they do as Ray. Listen to what he has to say. Ray, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Alba. I'm glad to be here. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good on a rainy day. Very good. Good to have you. Listen, Ray, um, we're going to be talking about a topic that has nothing to do with insurance, but that is uh, is important to Zurich uh, globally and certainly Zurich in Canada. But let me start by asking you a bit of a personal question here. So 16, 17 months ago, you were working in the compliance department of Zurich Canada. Then the pandemic hits. And then what do you do next? You become the head of employee experience and culture at Zurich Canada. So tell me a little bit about this move and what it meant to you personally, because kind of like an unusual career move, right? Within an insurance company. Yeah. Is that yeah. not the usual? Do, pe- do compliance people not become uh, HR <laughs> yeah, people yeah, usually? No. no? Uh, so yeah, some context, I think, to that is that um, I've been with Zurich mm-hmm. for 15 years. Uh, 10 of those years, I was actually in HR prior to going into compliance. I worked for World Travel Protection, which was uh, which is a Zurich-owned company here in Toronto. Uh, and I worked in HR in various different roles with them. Um, and about five years ago, I got the opportunity to move to the Zurich Canada compliance team. Um, it was an area of the business that I had no idea about. Uh, it intimidated me. Uh, I thought it was a terrible idea, so I did it. <laughs> Uh, So I joined compliance. Uh, I learned about a side of the business that I had never been exposed to, which I actually think um, set me up really nicely for um, the role that I'm in today, which, as you mentioned, is employee experience and culture for Zurich Canada. Um, And the truth is, is I've never done this role uh, physically in the office. Uh, my first day on the job was two weeks after lockdown. So I've only done this job uh, virtually. That is that is quite unusual. So what does that mean exactly, the head of employee experience and culture? Um, this is a new role, right? This, this role did not exist until you showed up, right? Yeah, so that's right. 
That's right. It's, yeah. it's a fancy title. It's a fancy title mm -hmm. for a lot of things. Uh, so at Zurich Canada, we look at employee experience as employee engagement, as diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging, as uh, community impact or community investment, uh, as well as sustainable practices. What are we doing uh, to ensure that we are participating in sustainable practices, as well as what are we doing with our workforce to ensure that our workforce is sustainable? Okay. So we survey our employees twice a year through what we call the employee net promoter score. And I think we've been doing this for some time, right? This is, not, this is nothing new. 2017, 2017 I believe. So yeah. we're at, been, we've been at this for four or five years. And my question here is, what is in the survey that um, is telling us that our employees want us to be involved in community investment in DE&I, and, and we'll talk about this later, the Zurich Foundation um, in Canada. So as you know, at Zurich, we love data, right? So we collect a lot of data, mostly through surveys, brokers and customers, also employees. So what is it that was apparent in the data that led us to, you know, appointing somebody 100% full-time dedicated to this role so that we can make a difference going forward. And I know you've already made a, a significant difference for Zurich Canada. So let's start, let's go back to the data and what did the data um, inform us about? Yeah, so the, uh, as you mentioned, the ENPS uh, survey is done every six months. Uh, over the, my time in this role, I've gone through two ENPS cycles because last year due to the pandemic, we only did one as opposed to two. So, so far I have gone through two cycles. What I did notice in the first one that we did last year um, is that the verbal comments mm -hmm. indicated that a lot of people were mentioning a sudden shift in our focus, our efforts, on specific areas such as community investment and diversity and inclusion, which was already a pretty good indication to me that something must have changed since that ENPS cycle versus ones uh, prior to. Another thing that the data really clearly told us was that satisfaction with the company, specifically with the culture of the company and the values uh, that the company is placing on, such as community and diversity and inclusion in its people, was scoring as one of the top themes mm -hmm. of our ENPS. Uh, in fact, satisfaction with the company in both the last two ENPS cycles was the highest top impact score, meaning that it was actually the theme that was pulling our ENPS up the most. So already there, I had a very good indication that what we were doing is what people wanted and what people expected from the business. So it's not just a top-down mandate from head, head, you know, home office. That is also something that is coming from, from, uh, from the bottom up, right? This is something that our staff are telling us. This is how they want to be associated uh, with the company. It's not just about the money. It's not just about how well... I get along with my manager or my colleagues. It is about the values that I hold dear personally and whether or not I find an employer that is also somewhat aligned with these same values. 
right? That That's it. I mean, listen, we can have a conversation about this for hours, but the truth yeah. is this is no different than what uh, the industry at large and the world is seeing uh, right. that nowadays people looking for work and looking at employers are not just expecting their employer to be a paycheck and a nine to five job. Uh, they expect their employer to also uh, have corporate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're asking questions. How is this employer helping the community at large? Uh, and how is this employer making the world a better place for me to live in? Okay. So it, in Canada, how did Zurich respond to this feedback from our employees? So what are we doing from a practical standpoint to try to yeah. answer some of these, you know, pent up demand, if you will? Yeah, sure. As I mentioned, I, the corporate world, you know, that I started working in 15, 20 years ago is not the corporate world that we are working in today. And there was already, I think, a shift that was happening before the pandemic. But mm -hmm. obviously what the pandemic did is it brought a... An, a massive amount of lessons that we were being taught, be it through uh, racial equality or be it through many other different DNI types of topics. And so, one thing that I think we had done at Zurich Canada that was maybe not as obvious to many people is that we had already gotten the ball rolling way before the pandemic. I already was having conversations with our CEO uh, in the fall of 2019 about how we should be moving from a DNI perspective and what our focuses should be on already. So I think it was a little bit serendipitous for us that when the pandemic hit and overnight employee engagement went from being social committee affairs and bake sales to executive topics that are being discussed at senior levels and up. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my first week on the job, an executive asking me what the employee engagement strategy was going to be now that they couldn't see their employees anymore and everybody was at home. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, my strategy is how am I going to log into VPN this morning and then we'll figure out because I had no idea how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think with the switch of that, uh, there was an elevated focus on how we are now engaging our employees and what we're doing around all of that. And we had already built that soft foundation. So it just became a matter of us now really getting the momentum going on, on, on that stuff. I think one of the game changers for Zurich Canada, uh, and I'm not saying this just because I was lucky enough to get the job, but one of the game changers for us was really refocusing the resource for employee experience locally in Canada. It's very different when the person that is supporting employee experience is living the employee experience. Right. Uh, and right. that really allowed me to tap into not just ENPS data, but also what are people actually talking about and saying and complaining about or really happy about out and taking all of that information and then obviously actioning it. Because prior to your involvement, we were sort of leaning on the region, i.e. stateside for, you know, the data being collected. But then I think what you're saying is now you're able to have further conversations, dig deeper beyond the survey, engage with individuals and try to sort of, you know, peel the onion and get beyond, you know, the surface and really beyond the data, understand the sentiment in the perception um, of our people. So the pandemic, how do you think the fact that we've been hunkered down for the last 12 months plus um, has shaped our response to the community investment, to the DEI, all these things? And now that we are hopefully seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, do you think that's going to affect how we respond 
these challenges now that we're going to be back in the office? Or do you think that we're now on the journey and there's no going back or there's no, is there going to be a different way to approach these issues? Yeah, there's going to have to be a different way to approach those issues because pros and cons to everything, right? And the pros of the pandemic is that it equalized accessibility to Mm -hmm. everyone, Uh, whether you are an executive or whether you are an underwriter, uh, whether you work remotely all the time or whether you're in the office all the time, everybody now had access virtually the same way at the same time equally uh, with no, oh, if you're in the office, you can do it this way, but if you're remote, you can do it that way. That no longer existed. You know, I remember a time when people would have fundraisers in the office, like bake sales and, and other such activities. And if you couldn't make it to the office that day, it was kind of too bad, you can't be part of it, right? Whereas mm-hmm. now that doesn't exist anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's a click of a button. I can volunteer virtually with an indigenous community up north, six hours from where I am. A click of a button, I'm back at work doing a meeting. So it really facilitated a lot of the community work. I would say it really facilitated including and involving all of our employees across the country. Those are the pros that are, it's going to change. That will shift when suddenly you're going to have a portion of employees no longer sitting in front of their computer anymore. Right. Right. So obviously our ability to adapt is going to be key here uh, Mm -hmm. because not only do we have to worry now about uh, people sitting at home remote, but we're also going to have to take into consideration the hybrid model that we're moving towards, which is people also physically in certain places. So the strategy will have to change. But I think for us at Zurich Canada, our focus has really been on, I would say, three buckets is the way I see it. There's the people bucket, which in- includes the engagement activities and allowing our people to be involved and engaged with celebrations, whether it be you know, Black History Month or National Indigenous History Month, which prior years we didn't really celebrate because the the diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging resource was always based in the U.S. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of the information that we would get was very Mm -hmm. U.S.-centric, whereas now we're really able to explore what Canada means and what Zurich Canada really means as a Canadian company working in Canada. And we can answer questions like, what is Zurich Canada's identity? Whereas before, you know, I, I would ask people, what do you think Zurich Canada's identity is? And I would get a bunch of stuff that was underwriting related that you know, didn't mean anything. Um, so I think people focusing on educating people has been key. Collecting DNI data is key. We did a massive campaign this last year called the We Belong campaign, which is really asking our people to self-identify so that we can understand who our people are. And when people say, what matters to Zurich Canada? We can confidently say, this is what matters to Zurich Canada. And then we can align what matters to Zurich Canada with our customers, with our business partners, and figure out the sweet spots so that we can collaborate on things. Because at the end of the day, the work of DNI, the work of community investment, it is all the same. We're all, we're all working towards mm-hmm. a, a happier place, a happier world, right? A more sustainable world. And so that, you know, requires resources, funding, and power. Uh, and the more we work together and collaborate on that stuff, um, the, the more impact we're going to make as an organization, but also as an industry. One big um, area of involvement I know that you, um, you've spent time on is um, the issue of mental health. And obviously, especially acute during the pandemic, 
not just for our own people, but also supporting you know people outside of Zurich. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that we've done in, with mental health? Yeah, this is actually a very uh, interesting. And you know, when I said serendipitous um, a couple of minutes ago about how it all kind of worked out, you know, we had no idea that around the corner was this pandemic that was mm-hmm. going to make mental health the buzz topic of the decade, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, however, we had already put a focus on mental health before the pandemic. So I had already started reaching out to associations and creating partnerships. And when the pandemic hit and we saw that surge of mental health topics and issues and concerns, we were all set up. We were all set up to get that momentum going behind it. And so we partnered with uh, a charity called jack.org, which is a great charity that focuses on um, helping youth uh, specifically with their mental health, but also how to help the people around the youth uh, create a support system for those people. And so when we, so when I talk about, you know, finding the sweet spots, you know, what I immediately saw, well, we have a population of employees. Many of them have children, have brothers, have sisters, have parents. How are our employees equipped now to support their loved ones with the mental health conditions that we are being faced with in this pandemic? And so that's kind of what I ran with. And so Jack.org and Zurich Canada partnered to really bring education awareness to our employees on what it is that we need to be equipped with in order for us to manage uh, what we are seeing and what we are dealing with uh, in terms of the pandemic. Another area where I know you spend time in is diversity in bringing less fortunate people than us um, into the insurance industry. And so apprenticeship or bringing along, you know, kids that are in college, community colleges into the insurance industry. What are we doing exactly in that area? Yeah, it's funny. I just spent this morning assigning their certificates because they graduate from their program next week. Uh, that, that's one thing that if you told me, you know, a couple of years ago, you're going to be signing certificates in an insurance company, <laughs> I would have said you're crazy. But uh, so what, it's, it's a really exciting program that we created because we kind of looked back last year and thought, you know, we do have a need to bring in younger generations into the industry at large, right? Uh, The insurance industry is an aging population. And we know that the talent out there, the potential talent that we can tap into is the millennials and is the uh, generation Z, the younger generations. The question is, what are we currently doing today to ensure that in 10, 15 years from now, when the executives and the senior leadership are retiring, how do we know that we're set up so that these younger generations are stepping into those positions? And so the best way to do that is to grow those people, is to bring them into our culture, uh, grow the Zurich family, and really kind of build up uh, these individuals so that they are ready to take on these more senior, uh, more larger positions in the future. And so what we did is we approached uh, a charitable charitable partner of ours, uh, the United Way, who then looped in a third-party association called the Center for Young Black Professionals. And the three of us uh, put our heads together and came up with a 12-week program, in-class program, followed by a 12-week internship with Zurich Canada, where we selected candidates, 
they go through this program, they learn about insurance, and they then come and do um, a um, an internship as underwriting associates with us, which we know uh, the UA position is one of those entry-level positions that often will lead to um, becoming underwriters or other areas of the business. And so that was kind of um, a perfect entry level for these individuals to start their insurance career with Zurich. Okay. That's super exciting. Let me ask you a question that's a little bit more business insurance related here. So we're doing all these wonderful things to support our people in our community. How help me draw a, a connection between what we're doing here and, and hopefully what might lead in, you know, better performance of our people as, you know, uh, underwriters, claims, finance, IT, you know, HR folks. How do we need to, is this a fair question to ask? So we're doing all these things. Why is it good for Zurich shareholders? What is it? Does it help the bottom line? And if yes, then show me, right? So do yeah. we have data? Do we have data on this? Yeah. So it's a very good question. Uh, we do have data in terms of, we know that if as leaders, we want a successful business, mm-hmm. uh, in order for you to maximize the potential of your business and to maximize the ability of your people, they have to feel like they want to work for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you will never be able to reach the level of success uh, of any business if people are not full-heartedly committing or wanting to do a good job because they're comfortable in the environment that they're working in. We do have data that says, uh, workplaces that do D, um, D-I-E-B uh, well, mm-hmm. the, um, the bottom line is much better than those that do not. Uh, so the question then becomes, great, how do we quantify this? Mm-hmm. Which is really the harder, uh, sure. the, the harder yeah. thing to do. And listen, you're, you're a sales guy, so you know. Mm-hmm. Goals give professionals something to work towards. Mm-hmm. But concepts like belonging or inclusion, those mm-hmm. can't be measured the way sales goals or revenue targets are. Sure. Um, but setting DNI goals uh, has to take a different approach. For example, leaders, it's a lot more listening than talking, um, Mm -hmm. as well as getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. We know the insurance industry is comfortable with the comfortable, not often comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a reason why companies still struggle with moving the needle on diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion, because Mm -hmm. it's hard setting those goals, let alone achieving them. Uh, It takes introspection, uncomfortable conversations, overhauling old processes that have been in place for years uh, Mm -hmm. and exposing yourself to failure. But when the majority of the job candidates that you're trying to retain, when the majority of your stakeholders, your customers value diversity, and we know they do, making that leap uh, isn't just the right thing to do. It becomes a business imperative for the success of your business. And so showing transparency and authentic desire to drive change through having uh, goals not only drives the changes, but also creates trust and confidence for our people, for Mm -hmm. our customers who are not expecting us to be perfect because we're all new at this. We're all trying to figure it out, but expect us to want to work towards it uh, and make at least a genuine effort. Hmm. Fascinating. One last question, Ray that I ask of my guests, you've been hunkered down in your 
what is it, studio, one bedroom, two bedroom penthouse that you've been in for the last 12 months or plus? Yeah, I can, I can only dream of having a penthouse, but, <laughs> but it's a two bedroom. <laughs> How do you spend your time when you're not, you know, working for Zurich? Uh, so nowadays it's, um, I've grown a, um, a home gym. I used to be an avid uh, you know, I used to go to the gym quite often prior mm -hmm. to the pandemic. In today's world, it's the entrance of my home that has been turned into a mini gym. I have a bench, I have weights. And so usually when I'm not typing away on my computer, I'm usually working out. Or if the weather is nice, I'll go out for a run usually. Great. Listen, Ray, it was a pleasure talking to you today. It's good to not talk just about insurance, um, but broaden the uh, everybody's horizon here. And I think you helped us do that today. So thank you for your time. I look forward to seeing you in the office very, very shortly. Okay. Thank you for having me, Alba. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope you found this conversation with Ray very interesting because it was certainly very enlightening to me. I'll be very candid. I've been on many conversations at the executive committee level of Zurich Canada, and I only scratched the surface as to how deep and involved Ray and a lot of other people in Zurich Canada have been involved around the topic of diversity, inclusion, uh, equity, and belonging. I'm very proud of what we're doing as an organization in this field. I'm happy that we were able to have this conversation about how we connect what we do in that DEIB space and the topic of performance, right? Because I think it's important for everybody to stay grounded, engaged employees, make for better employees, because in today's age, people want to be associated with companies that they share values with. And when they do, then they perform better in the office. And I think that's just, uh, that's just the bottom line here. But I hope you found, you know, I know you did, right? Ray is extremely passionate about what he does and his level of energy and enthusiasm has now spread to, to the senior executive and across the firm with Zurich Canada. So we're extremely proud of the work that he's doing and, and all of the other people that have been engaged and continue to be engaged in this work in Canada. So thank you for listening. Thank you for um, being loyal to this podcast. So if you want to send us your suggestions for ideas of podcasts, topics, you can write to us at ca.podcast at zurich.com or you can find this podcast as well on the Zurich Canada website. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you shortly. Bye. was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained herein may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy 
accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you. This has been a production of TNKR Media. Good talk.